0: You're listening to the Inbound Logistics Podcast with a special look at our video podcast series. Welcome to the Inbound Logistics video podcast series presented by Inbound Logistics Magazine. Today, we're gonna be getting some reactions and insights into Inbound Logistics IT Perspective Report for 2023. Our guest today is Dave Brakovic, Chief Operating Officer for Northstar Digital Solutions, and he'll be sharing his thoughts on how to build a better blockchain. Here's our host, Amy Roach.
1: Thanks, Jeff, and welcome, Dave. Thanks so much for coming to join us.
0: Thank you, Amy, and uh, thanks for having me on
1: Absolutely. Uh, I'm excited to chat with you about all of the advanced technologies that are generating a lot of buzz uh, in the logistics IT world. And we're going to dig into blockchain in a bit. uh, But I just wanted to start out with some sort of background information uh, on the overall technologies that are kind of uh, growing and and booming in the supply chain. Uh, At Inbound Logistics, we do an annual IT market survey. And this year, our respondents were really uh, all about cost. Uh, we had 78% of our respondents listing cost reduction as their client's number one logistics and transportation challenge. So what are you seeing from your perspective? Do you agree with that assessment? Is it, is it still all about cost?
0: I do, Amy. I agree with uh, the cost focus of uh, the economy as it is right now. I think uh, pre-COVID we had a lot of uh, new business Certainly, there was a lot of uh, constraints in the supply chain and uh, that caused an influx of uh, overworkload, I guess, to mm-hmm. some levels. And of course, revenue was um, uh, being achieved at higher numbers than most years uh, seen in the past. But now that we're post-COVID and things are getting back to normal slowly and surely, um, we're starting to see a crunch and a, a more pressure on cost. As uh, supply chain starts to move, competition is, is getting greater in the market space, especially in supply chain. Um, we're starting to see that uh, cost is starting to become a factor. Um, seeing cost within our own industries, uh, we're seeing that optimization, utilizing tech or digitization to help uh, decrease the amount of, uh, call it labor efforts in mm-hmm. some areas, but certainly optimizing uh, and keeping up with proficiencies is going to be a, a big focus of the next years to come.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and that cost reduction, obviously, is the outcome, not the action. So we're looking at these IT technologies, like you said, to to provide visibility and automation that helps ultimately get to that cost reduction factor, right? Correct. <clears throat> yeah. Okay, great. Great. Uh, other top concerns, and you touched on them, but just let's jump in a little bit more, automation and visibility. Talk a little bit about how these technologies are helping to provide that uh, for, for companies using them.
0: Yeah, so automation uh, specifically, there's um, a very focused point on reducing labor-intensive uh, management of paperwork. Mm-hmm. Certainly in the transportation industry, uh, there's uh, just a lot of paperwork to manage. Um, so having um having uh, uh, an RPA AI type environment or platform in helping that process from a systems to systems perspective, and reducing the amount of labor requirements from an administrative perspective is is very key. um, Mm -hmm. Having the uh, deliverables uh, specifically around uh, managing uh, more of the transactions, less copy paste, more transactional and and keeping up and, and pace with um, the speed of uh, the industry demands.
1: hmm yeah. And that really helps with scalability also, I would imagine.
0: Correct, um, I think it has a real flavor and a real focus on um, uh, optimizing speed, quality, and uh, error-prone issues that sometimes with uh, human interactions uh, cause, uh, you're gonna have a lot more, um, um, say, accurate uh, responses utilizing the um, tools today.
1: Right, right. Now, whenever you talk about automation, though, we do have to always make sure people get a little nervous, right? We're not talking about using automation uh, to replace any of this labor, but actually to kind of enhance what companies are already doing on the human side.
0: Correct. I don't think AI is anywhere close to the Terminator um, future. (laughs) Uh, We do have definitely a long way to go, but I think we're AI, RPA, machine learning is going to help immensely is taking that really labor-intensive process of, um, of, of duplication, um, repeating the process over and over again, and the frustrations. Um, when you're having, let's call it system-to-system interaction, uh, the systems are handling that labor force. Um, so my moniker typically uh, with our people and, and our clients is utilize AI intelligence to boost human intelligence.
1: Yeah. So let's jump in then. Uh, there's so much buzz around blockchain, but I think people are, you know, are not that clear. Maybe some people are, but a lot of people are still confused on how it can actually be applied uh, in logistics and transportation. I think you say blockchain, everyone's thinking Bitcoin, uh, but we're really, we're talking about, you know, secure digital ledgers and, and things of that nature. So, so break it down a little bit for us. How do you use blockchain in the supply chain and, and what is uh, Northstar offering, you know, in that
0: area? Sure. So going back quite a few years, um, blockchain has been around, a buzzword has been around for, for for many years. And I think uh, initially it was a, uh, a hot topic and I don't think people really understood what blockchain was all about. Uh, right. It was built exactly to your point and in, from a digital security perspective and connecting chains, um, we call it a trust chain. Um, it is a digital, let's call it a ledger that keeps transactions very immutable and to the point. So uh, if we're interacting on a blockchain, those transactions are captured. um, There's security around the transactions. And of course, there is a community behind it where there's computers and there's very smart um, logic that's managing those. um, And and in some cases, smart contracts are applied as well. Mm-hmm. so that the negotiations and the systems are understanding what transactions are viable and which ones are not. in um, that, that said, um, financial institutions, uh, fintechs, and of course, Bitcoin, Ethereum, all of those that we know uh, well and near and dear to our hearts these days, um, were, were a major user of the blockchain at that time. But since that time, blockchain has been and evolved to basically track products and services Uh, lineage is really critical and larger companies like the Walmarts of the world and Costco's and uh, anyone that's um, retail that's selling products that they don't manufacture um, enjoy and sometimes in some cases from a security perspective need to have that type of um, historical information that in case something happens um, the traceability is there so Mm -hmm. going back to you know the, the the term seed from seed to fork um, should something happen, there is almost instantaneous—call um, it logging and/or retrieval of information—in where to kind of stop the bleeding immediately, so that people don't get hurt and they are safe, and uh, things are taken off the shelf appropriately. Um, in the in the days before blockchain, that was a very difficult process to manage.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's really key. Yeah. Uh, and then all of this going on. What's what's happening on the back end? Uh, API connections. You know how how are things uh, being transacted through the through these blockchains? Uh, you know from the back end perspective.
0: Yeah. So the way we've looked at blockchain, <coughs> we built our own hyperledger uh, within the North Star Digital uh, Solutions platform. Mm-hmm. Uh, we worked with some very uh, prominent uh, partners like IBM um, to develop a hyperledger. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically on a on a private blockchain and our use case was to um, allow us to transact from a system to system perspective so we call it an A to A mm-hmm. uh, you can go directly but having the middle layer of the blockchain as a Hyperledger ledger um, to track everything that's happening has been very beneficial in reconciliation uh, mm-hmm. processing so uh, we include our partners um, as a um, as 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 a direct connection mm-hmm. where we have APIs from our system to, to to the blockchain and then from there from the blockchain to their system meaning although we use different ERP systems or TMS systems it re- doesn't really matter mm-hmm. because the mapping within the middleware of the blockchain hyperledger my a is your a so mm-hmm. on that basis we transact on a very common language thread yeah um, we also introduce smart contracts which we've made agreements in pricing deliveries Everything that goes with it. Also, documentation. It is a vault for documentation. Mm -hmm. So, uh, in our world, um, with some of our clients, they do cross border uh, transactions. Very key to the process is to make sure customs border documentation is uh, part of the process. And -hmm. of course, the accountability goes back to the client to make sure that we have those documents and freight won't move. Uh, Again, we take it seriously when we take a piece of freight on. <clears throat> um, it's it's custodial ownership, yeah. And uh, uh, we own the, uh, uh, you know, we take we take custodial ownership of the freight, so we're taking care of it, making sure it gets where it needs to go and damage free, um, and also providing visibility and insights. Um, so through API connections and through the Hyperledger transactions are flowing through that process seamlessly, uh, and also then the third party that's introduced is the customer itself, and they could see real-time what's happening through the timestamps?
1: Right, okay. And that seamlessness seems really key too because there's so many different systems and tools that are being used like you know you mentioned ERP and TMS and obviously every company or not a, you know companies are using all different kinds of those so I imagine that kind of is like a, levels the complexity a little bit.
0: It does. Um, it really takes out the human factors out of the process um, because the systems are managing and they're expecting certain amount of data to pass through, Mm -hmm. um, as well as some security processes where uh, the transactions are secure, um, they're not in the open public. um, And also, you know, there is pieces of identity management processing through that uh, uh, process as well. So, um, the entire gamut of transparency is there. There's really nothing to hide. Um, Don Tapscott is, uh, I call him kind of the godfather of blockchain. He's mm-hmm. written many books, uh, his claim to fame, and and basically something that resonated with me is, he basically says exercise is not an option when you're on the blockchain because you're basically naked mm-hmm. <laughs> to the transactional world, so you better look good. Right. Um, and, and I think that transparency is all about proper mm-hmm. customer service and management. Um, you know, people aren't perfect, neither are systems, mm-hmm. and pr- processes and services uh, don't happen in the way they should, the client should be informed. Yeah. Um, Again, in the consumer world, it's very similar. If you're buying something from Amazon, Mm -hmm. the expectation is is that you're going to get some type of tracking number for your product, which you really want next day if you can. But if not, then you want to be able to have that notification and that visibility throughout that whole process. Mm -hmm. And even if it's going to be late, you can at least plan your day or at least understand when that product will arrive at your uh, doorstep.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's a, it's a good way to put it in that perspective from a personal point of view also helpful. Uh, and I think another thing is, you know, security and privacy, obviously, anytime you're talking about this kind of data is important. So talk a little bit about the difference between the private blockchains and the public blockchains and where we're heading with all of that.
0: So private blockchains have been really, uh, in fold for, for the last few years. Mm -hmm. Um, there has been a, a push towards revolutionizing the internet as a whole. So, mm-hmm. there's a the term called Web3, yeah. um, which has been propagated over the last few years. And the Web3 is going to allow people to actually use identity management or tokenization. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if people really understand what tokenization means, but, it, and, and I'll put it in more layman's terms, like a Visa card on steroids. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, all of us as consumers have a Visa card. It has an identity uh, process, which is secure. Uh, You have a, you know, CVV number or a a, a secure number on that card that is given to you and your own personal identity. At the same time, you can go into any store, any retailer and present the Visa card with security that the um, owner, you know, selling you the products is, is somewhat assured that it is your Visa card. And, that uh, you're capable to pay, and of course, that approval process goes through. Now, with tokenization, it's more than that. It is your personal data on the internet. Um, to, in today's world, you've got you know the Facebooks and LinkedIns, and whenever you share social media, it is a shared environment. Um, I'm not saying they're going, you know, they're 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 giving out these private information. However, um, those big conglomerates have used personal data of people out there to and monetizing it. Mm-hmm. um around the world um and and sharing it in some cases but also benefiting from it so in the case of web three you almost become a bubble in a in a uh, call it a a a hyper uh, tunnel where mm-hmm. you know your bubble's small or large but it's your data and then yeah. in turn that data can be sold or or there could be interest from other parties to say well Amy you know you've done some incredible transactions with some companies or your skill set is very sought after, Mm -hmm. Um, within that tokenization, you can separate some of that data and actually monetize it to some level for others to use in a beneficial way. Um, Of course, also the security around those bubbles is very tight um, and it's encrypted so that when you're doing transactions with other parties on a Web3 chain, um, your personal identity is assuring who you are There's also um, confidence in the level of of your transactions, what you've done, and your history, but also at the same time, it provides that data as you choose to share it, um, to manage transactions in in a very trustworthy way.
1: Okay, great. Thank you for breaking that down. I think there is a lot of confusion there, and you say Web 3.0, I don't know if anyone knows what to make of that, so uh, important information for sure. Um, tell, tell me a little bit in terms of, you know, if you're a company listening here and you want to kind of get started on all this and you're taking in all this information, a little overwhelmed, a little confused, what are some of the first steps? What do you, you know, what can you do to, to jump into this? What do you need to have maybe from technology on the back end, infrastructure requirements? Ha- how do you get started?
0: I think the future is uh, interoperability um, mm-hmm. connections. We, we we hear the word integration, but what does that truly mean? So, Again, having supply chains, commercial uh, industries that want to do business, um, it's almost table stakes for you being able to do business online like with an Amazon or a Walmart. Um, You know, the the large conglomerates there, they they demand interoperability and integration. So the first step to really try to include yourself in those chains is to basically have a framework that you can connect your systems. I think if you're starting out a business and you have no systems, it's, it's gonna be very difficult to do business unless you're you know, a, a garage shop owner that you have to do physical stuff with, people need to bring products to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you're online and if you're trying to manage service and products uh, in that forum, uh, systems that you're going to need are going to have to have some integration capabilities. And I'm talking about APIs. Uh, API connections and capabilities are are almost, again, table stakes and and industry best practices nowadays so that you can integrate um, order management. You can integrate billing. um, You just make it easy to do business with you. Um, So those those areas there are going to be critical to successful business operations in the future. And the ones that are not there um, are going to have some struggles. However, There are many, many companies out there today, and I think there's a plethora of them. I can't really uh, subscribe or or prescribe anybody specifically, but Mm -hmm. you want to look for companies um, that can offer these types of solutions that have integrated APIs that you don't have to do that yourself. We do at Northstar, we have our own enterprise service bus, and we have developers writing those uh, uh, scripts and codes. However, in this day and age, you can have software that has embedded APIs that they can actually do the connections natively to uh, you know, the, the, the internet or in the future Web3 um, um, platforms. So that, I think, is the first step. And then, of course, moving forward, and as you advance, to keep labor uh, costs down to a degree and allowing humans to actually do intelligent work, you want to be able to utilize automation like an RPA or in a machine learning type environment um, where the systems can actually talk to one another. Mm-hmm. Uh, the days of having, you know, fifteen systems open at the same time, first of all, very frustrating for for a human being or a user to to do that. Yeah. Um, where systems today can interact in that uh, process very easily, and so that would be the kind of the second step. And then, of course, the third step uh, in advancements is actually looking at blockchain type platforms. Mm-hmm. Where you can interact, and there are plenty of them. There is one, and I, I will refer to them because they're really starting to break out uh, in the supply chain, and that's Healy Labs. They're, uh, they have uh, you know a lot of uh, capital venture behind them. Uh, they have some great idea. They have open source platforms um, where if you're not a developer, that's okay. It doesn't matter because the community is working towards um, again immutability, same time security, but also bringing on a lot of business management. There, there's. Um, Over 2.1 billion transactions happening on there right now. And in the supply chain world, that's very, very important so that you can get on board and basically have almost that platform be your sales agent in allowing you open opportunities to business with shippers, manufacturers uh, and and other carrier uh, supply chain partners within that platform and safely, too.
1: Got it, okay, great advice. Uh, As we wrap up, I'd love it if you could take a few minutes to share or walk us through a customer example that kind of highlights uh, how you can use blockchain to drive benefits and efficiencies to get that automation and and scalability uh, in logistics challenges using blockchain.
0: So one of our customers uh, through Northstar Digital Solutions, we embarked on the Hyperledger, of course, for Mm -hmm. blockchain perspective. And our use case was not necessarily financial, but it was more around transactional smoothness, Mm -hmm. um, the reconciliation process. So again, in the past, it was really more through chains of emails, um, managing orders through independent uh, TMS systems where one system may not have the same um, identification or formats as the other. Mm -hmm. And then of course, the invoicing and the processing uh, is very complicated. So our customer was looking to reduce that footprint. They were moving, you know, anywhere from 60 to 100 hours a month into just managing, call it uh, bills and or invoices uh, through statements. And to go through those statements, they're you know like about 100 pounds thick, uh, and you've got to go through each one of them. So now with the use case that we have for the, this client on the Hyperledger. We connect them through the Hyperledger and basically all the transactions are captured Mm -hmm. so that everything that happens throughout those uh, transactions for orders is captured. So if you're adding, let's say, you know, accessorials, or if you're adding any type of additional invoicing that was originally different from the quote, that is all captured in real time and has descriptions and information and approvals throughout that process so that at the end of the day when those transactions are completed the customer is notified immediately invoices are updated immediately we don't wait a week or two Mm -hmm. uh, to process them and at the same time then as that comes through the the invoices from the partners can come through to the client our client or the receiver they're paying it on the basis that all the transactions have happened and the ledger is up to date so there's no people touching it Mm -hmm. so that's a reduction of a massive amount of hours Um, we, this client saved anywhere from 60 to 80 hours uh, a month and you can imagine that impact. And now the people are allowed, you know, can, can really focus on exceptions, like real exceptions, um, and, and really take the time to actually find out what those exceptions are. But the normal, we call it straight through process or STP Mm -hmm. is generally managed at 80 to 90% throughout the process and reconciles. People get their money, people get paid. And everything's aligned to the ledgers as it needs to be. So that was our that was our use case in a in a big way. Of course, in all the real time visibility for every transaction is tracked and propagated throughout uh, the system, and also the client is notified of any changes. And even uh, when the deliveries are happening, all the documentation is available immediately for them.
1: Fantastic efficiencies there.
0: Yes. Great.
1: I think anyone listening who's running an uh, accounting department is probably wanting to give you a call right about now, Dave. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, please do. Um, we're 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 certainly now, I think, over the last four years, become quite, you know, a, um, a, a savvy expert in that area. Mm-hmm. Um, we've gone through the throws. Uh, we did some, you know, six to eight weeks of value stream mapping. So it wasn't an easy process. Yeah. Um, and of course, we still can do better. Uh, And we're always evolving that process. And, of course, we're looking to connect the uh, trust chain through many, many other um, relationships with customers and partners.
1: Great. Great. Well, thanks again, Dave, for your time. I really appreciate it. You did a great job of taking a really complex subject and uh, breaking it down for us. So thanks again for being with us.
0: You're most welcome, Amy. Thank you again. Absolutely.
1: Inbound Logistics Magazine is the information leader in supply chain and logistics management. Start your free print and digital subscription today by visiting bit.ly getil That's bit.ly slash get underscore il and stay ahead of the 3PL game.